0: We help companies improve sales performance, executing the growth strategy at the point of sale. Find us at forcemanagement.com. Enjoy today's episode.
1: Hello and welcome to the Revenue Builders Podcast. I'm John McMahon. I'm here with my friend and colleague, John Kaplan, also known as Cap.
0: Johnny Mac, good to be with you today, brother. (laughs) How are you, buddy? Fantastic.
1: So, Cap, I got... Uh, An amazing guest, multi-talented producer, author, entrepreneur. He started a 15-year sales career selling hardware in the beginning, AT&T, Lucent, Cisco. Then he started selling software at a company called Geotel and then also WatchFire. Since then, he's gone on, he'd authored two books. The first one is 90 Seconds to Impress, and the second one is The Six Lessons for Producing a Winning Commercial. He's produced three feature films. I mean, this guy's unbelievable, right? And his company, Rip Media, RIP Media, has created over 300 live and animated commercials, TV commercials, marketing videos, sales videos, for basically for startups and for major companies like Deloitte, Ben & Jerry's, Cisco, Black & Decker, Kaiser Permanente, and LexisNexis. Cap, let me introduce to you the CEO of Rip Media, Maury Rogo.
0: Maury, Dude, it's it's great to meet you, brother. I got to be honest, just a truth, a little bit of truth here. I'm thinking we're interviewing a you know a 75 year old guy with that kind of with that kind of bio. (laughs) I I, I didn't believe when I saw your face. I'm like that can't be the same dude. Zoom is good to me.
2: Zoom is good to me. I'm much older in person. Don't worry. (laughs)
0: Nice to meet you, brother.
1: (laughs) He's done a lot. Maury's done a lot of stuff, and we're going to get into that. But hey, why don't we just jump into it right now? So Maury, you have a mantra. Yeah. And you say your brand will live or die based upon the story you tell. Can can you tell us a little bit more about that?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I've been saying a couple, a couple updates. We're at a thousand commercials now, so a thousand. Uh, it's, sorry, it's been a but lot
1: more. I'm sorry. I apologize.
2: No, no, no. That's all right. It's, that's that's uh, that's on my side. I'm I'm proud. And sometimes when I hear that, John, I'm like, man, that's a that's a cool career. I, oh, that was mine. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I hear that like it's somebody else. It's it's very cool to hear that. So thank you again for having me here. You guys are legends. So um, so your sales will thrive or die based on the story you tell. Right. And that's for the salespeople and it's for executives too. Your brand will thrive or die based on the story you tell. And the reason I say that is it's all based on fact, but I got to get it across fast, right? That's really what we do. So salespeople are failing out there because they don't have the basic skills to grab attention and then be memorable right? Mm-hmm. The deal is, let, let's say it's, you get a sales cycle, there's 10 touches with the customer. It's probably more like 30, but let's say it's 10, 10 okay. touches that a customer is going to take to, before they make a purchase decision, especially in B2B, it's going to be more, 70% of that is done yeah. without the sales person being there. Mm-hmm. So you've got to have your customer journey lined up. And then when you get your 30% shot, your three shots with the customer, with the decision maker, you have to make it count. You have to be telling the right stories at the right time to the right people, right? You got to tell the right story to the right person and you got to know where they are in this customer journey because if you don't, oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure. You get plenty of sales without your story in there and without the customer story, they're probably low value. They're probably the chip shots, probably making quota or getting near quota. But the folks that are really good at this, the folks that really can tell a great story, get to the point. And get somebody else to share; they're the ones bringing in the six, the seven, even eight-figure deals because they're building a relationship, and that's right. why I say your company's going to thrive or die based on the story you tell.
1: Yeah, we see too many salespeople these days. Instead of using PowerPoint, I say that they're using Power Story. Like if they put up a slide, and it's just all these words, and your first reaction is, "I don't want to read that." You know, right. just tell me what it says. Right. So. Why do you think that so many salespeople just try to make it more complex than than simple?
2: Yeah. You know, as a salesperson, it's tough. You got, I say this, I think it's because there's so much product training, right? As much as they know, I got to add value. I got to tell a good story. I got to make myself different and unique from the competitors out there. Their product team saying like we do this, we do that. It's this, it's this, it's this, it's this, this footprint. It's this size rack. It's twenty four ports, not sixteen, whatever. Right? You're selling hardware, you're selling software. to get into this feature battle, and then they're trying to convert it. I just got I just got product training, and I remember that old Sandler training I got ten years ago or whatever it might have been. And they're trying to convert it. They're like, I'm just going to jam everything in here. I got to make sure they see everything. The more information, the better. And this is, this is pretty cool. I just found this out recently. The amount of information that we, like think about your buyer, like think about a customer. Right. A customer is pulling in and seeing more information in one day
1: yeah.
2: than we did in a lifetime when our founding fathers started this country.
1: I've seen yeah. that same that mind blowing isn't it? Yeah.
2: Right? Yeah. And it's not like, oh, we had all that capacity to pull it all in. No, we're filtering stuff out. Your customers are filtering things out all the time. What's important? Is this going to solve a pain? Is this going to get me to my future that I want? Is this going to transform me, right? Those are the three things that if it does this, I'll pay attention. And if you throw a bunch of facts at me, forget about it. I'm not going to remember you. I'm remembering a fact sheet. Maybe you got more facts, more features. I'll go with you. But if you remember it, if you
1: tell it as a story,
0: right. And right. that vein, Four. more. you talk about I'm sorry, John,
1: just hold on one second. So, Maury, like, I just want to go to that point where you said if how it will transform me. I always thought that people walk around with written on their forehead, what's in it for me? And not enough salespeople make that emotional connection to the buyer or the personal connection. So, how do you tell a story with and, and inject, you know, emotion into your story?
2: Right. Well, there's, so I've got some Honestly, I've got rules. Like it's so. Just a quick history. So I, you just as you said, I came from technology sales. I wasn't like born into Hollywood and and then you know, hey, I'm just going to make movies like my dad or anything like that. <laughs> Nothing like that. Mm-hmm. I came out here with the ability to sell that I learned. Here are the things that I do, and by the having the ability to sell, I got myself onto the lot at Warner Brothers, and then was in a movie with George Clooney and Brad Pitt and Pacino, Al Pacino, you know? Wow. And that was because I talked my way in <laughs> yeah. and I found, what are the needs? What do they have? What are they, what are they missing? And this was a casting agency. What's the, what's the problem they have? Oh, they got that problem. Well, I'll solve that problem. So I called back in and, and, I, and all of a sudden I'm out on Warner Brothers studio where they, they made Titanic and this biggest stage in the world and the whole thing was, was cool. Because I had that skill. So how do I start transforming it was, man, there's, there's just so many. So I, I come up with I come up with acronyms all the time. all right? I know I don't know if you guys like them or not, but for me, I need I them because they're, they're visual cues. Like I can yeah. see. Yeah. These are the things I need in the store. How do I make it, how do I make it impactful? So first rule, I mean I'll go into the rules if you want, maybe a little later now, but the, the main thing is, guys, salespeople, execs it's not about you it's about how you help those folks on the other side of the table right they need to be the hero they need to be the ones that transform you got into what you're doing to make their lives better if you walk in there to serve right the what's in it for me i love that what's it you whiff them on their forehead is awesome yeah so if you think what's in it for me they're thinking what's in it for me to be sitting here with you you've got to help them solve the problem. So the hero of the story is them. You're not the hero. Don't tell me you're here to make a bunch of money. Don't tell me the IPO is going to put a 10 million in your pot. Nobody wants to hear that. They want to hear how it helps them. And if you get served because of it, fantastic. But they're the hero of the story. So I think that's number one. You ain't the hero. (laughs) The other person's the hero of the story.
0: So that would probably help. Um, there's a couple of things I heard you say, 70% of the information is consumed by a customer before they interact with you and how a seller might, uh, interpret that is that's even less time for me to tell a story about myself or to be liked or the use of a story to be liked or to get their attention. And there's this disconnect, I think, in sellers' minds that say, customer already thinks they know us and they're getting to us at the end of their buying cycle because there's so much information available to them. How do you give sellers the courage and people the courage to to still be able to tell a story, but be relevant based upon where a customer is in a buying journey? Does that make sense? Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. So some of it's, I don't want to say some of it, a lot of it is knowing where they are in the customer journey because there's a different story that you got to have in your back pocket for each stage, right? Somebody's coming in after they spend time on the website, talk to your competitors. Maybe you got a, you know, maybe you got a champion or an advocate out there that's on your side or, you know, really interested. You've got to do your discovery. You got to find out what's their personal win, right? You just got to ask. And this is why I think the story matters. You share a story, how you came to be here and then ask them. So how did you, know? My story is I'm a, you know, I mean, literally I'm a kid from Pittsburgh. You know, I saw people that were like, you know, the tip top of the world and they were making $70,000 a year. And I was like, oh my God, I'd have a mansion if I had 70,000. We had a pretty, you know, I'm not humble. I, I did literally shove coal, I shovel, shovel coal into the furnace every night at two and then uh, four. My brother was supposed to be the six o'clock shift but he always slept in. So at four o'clock I would do like double the amount I would shovel the coal in there. And then the whole house, it's about 110 degrees, right? So yeah, right. And then two hours later we're freezing again anyway. So, I mean, like I, I did come from that. So to go from there to, you know, being uh, in Hollywood's pretty, like, it's just amazing to, to see that, but it's all about how did, how did these guys that were doing this cool stuff on TV, how are they doing something so amazing that I couldn't even imagine as I'm shoveling coal, how do they do that? I want to learn about that. I want to learn how they tell stories. It's, you know, and again, I I don't really share that story, but it's true. And then, Hey man, Hey John, like where did you come from? what's your background? Where'd you grow up?
0: Yeah. It's interesting. So when you're coaching companies, it's not just you're being audible, ready to tell your story. It's to get somebody emotionally connected to that process of storytelling. And so they share a story. I've read that in your literature. It's like, that's like a, that's, that's a big time skill.
1: Yeah. You yeah. talk about stuff. What is the yeah. stuff? Sure. The stuff. Yeah.
2: The stuff. So I, I boiled it down. Cause when I came out here, there are these, you know, I, I, I dove into Hollywood and I like, I, I took acting classes. I actually wrote stand-up comedy. I did stand-up comedy. Really? I, uh, you know, I ended up directing and then producing and, and so on. So, you know, figuring out all these things, I had this sheet of about two hundred adjectives these are emotions, right? Like these are the emotions you feel. And I started watching all these movies, read all these books. And then I took everybody out directors out to, you know, to lunch, to a coffee, you know, that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, throwing a meal at people out here was currencies so that, that worked. You know what I mean? <laughs> like people, yeah. They're like, you know, part-time barista, you know, part-time director, you know, that kind of yeah. thing it was a big <laughs> yeah. struggle. And Sounds I was like, like Hollywood. Hey, Yes, that is. So um, so I'd ask them all these things. And then I started boiling it down. I'm like, all right, there's there's five emotions that drive a scene. Sort of everything that I do now is I'll compare Hollywood to sales. And it they really have a lot of tie-ins together. So the scenes that move a movie forward, the scenes that, you know, move a show forward and make you want to say, What what happens next? I want to know what happens next. You know you're watching a good story if you're like, I want to know what happens next. I'm not going to click the. I'm mm. not going to click the remote. I want mm. to know. So it's the stuff. S-T-U-F-F. Is the story or what you're saying, it, does it sizzle? Is it sexy? Right? Is it visually sizzling, visually sexy, that kind of thing? And I'm talking like, you know, Transformers robot sizzle sexy, that kind of thing. It doesn't have to be, you know, person on the beach, you know, that kind of stuff. But that's the S. T is touching, touch the heart emotions. You know, can you relate to what I'm going through or what I went through to get here? What did you go through? And then I want you to spend more time with your kids. You installed this software with the trouble trouble ticketing system that we have built in place. You're not taking calls all night long and missing sleep in your daughter's soccer game. You're able to be with her and spend more time as a great parent because you're more efficient at work, right? So, S-T-U, you is totally unexpected. A lot of commercials um, that took risks to do this, like the Dollar Shave Club, you know, original, just viral video commercial took off like a rocket. They went uh, you totally unique and unexpected. And your brand has to be unique and do some things that are unexpected. Otherwise, you're just like everybody else. You just right. have a different name. You have to be unique. And then the two t, excuse me, the two F's, funny and fear. So funny is a real, it's fantastic, right? It's, if you can be funny, you know, go for it. If you're not naturally funny, you can back down to humor, self-deprecating humor, that kind of thing. But people laugh, they're more relaxed, they open up. The other the other F is fear. And that can be fear of missing out, right, FOMO. Um, or just, you know, lack of security. Lack of security in their job. If you're selling, like, to the HR department, lack of security literally security systems and software and SaaS and things like that. So what's the lack of security personally? So S-T-U-F-F for this sort of the breakdown. And you can use one or two in each story. And you also need to pepper it across your website. Got to Mm -hmm. put it in those infographics. You got to put it in the videos. It's not the same theme all the time, but you use a mixture of them and then you got a winning
1: formula. That's really powerful, Maury. And when you're, going to present something to an audience, whether that's through a commercial you make, you know, a short video, or if I'm going to do a presentation as a salesperson. What do you think is a typical attention span? How long do I have to connect to that audience? That's
2: great. That's great. It depends on the environment. Okay. So if they came in, they're sitting down in your, you know, in your office, right? They came in, maybe you're in your conference room, you're doing the big presentation. You got time, you know, you, you've got, you know, snippets. It's you got to grab them in eight seconds and then you got about 30 and then 30 buys you more, right? And then it starts all over again. <laughs> right. So it's, right. it's 8, 27, 56. So basically if you're watching a video, those are the timelines.
1: Say that again. It's 8, it's 27 and it's yeah, 56. 56. Right.
2: seconds seconds seconds
1: but yep. then i have to keep them to your earlier point i have to keep them wanting to know what's coming next exactly right otherwise exactly. i'll lose them again you'll lose them
2: and it's and again you know we have like i was saying before we have seventy thousand pieces of information you know thrown at us every day it's hard to sift through all this so people are going to you know be attracted to i, I now i'll say it's three different types right there's three different types of learning. People, learners, like, you know, the guys that were great in uh, college, for example, probably great readers, visual, you know, that kind of stuff. Me, I had to go to the presentations. I had to go to class. I mm-hmm. didn't have to study as much if I went to class because I pick it up because I'm very visual, right? He'd write on the board or she would say this and tell the story, whatever. I got it. But if uh-huh. it was just read the books, that's not that's not my thing you know, but for some people it is. Then the other one is the other learning type. So there's audio visual and then kinesthetic. These are the people that need to, they got to touch it. They got to feel it. They got to do the demo. They got to sit down with your engineer, whatever it is and see how this thing works. And they process it. They might not have been great in college, but their careers are flying now because they're now actually able to use the thing, product software, you know, that kind of thing. So you got to touch each of those. So So how do you
1: how do you in one presentation hit all of those different people? How do you hit the auditory, kinesthetic, and visual people? Like how do you? That's that's pretty tough task, isn't it? (laughs) It
2: it is, and that's uh, it's, you know it's now why I got a business out of it (laughs) because it's
1: (laughs) tough to do.
0: So good at it. Yeah. yeah. Well, Maury, I'm assuming I'm assuming that it's up to the communicator to up-level, to regulate the story for the appropriate audience. And this is probably where companies and individual contributors come together. Companies' responsibility is to make them aware of what the audience is, what the audience cares about. The seller or the communicator's responsibility is to regulate their story to make sure it's reaching the appropriate audience. Do you Can you talk to us a little bit about the importance of doing that? For example, what I found in my life is I have to be very careful because the way I tell stories is with a lot of emotion and a lot of, and if I'm talking to somebody that's typically more financially oriented or data oriented or technically oriented, sometimes what can happen is it, the, my message becomes a little distorted. There's, mm-hmm. there's noise because they don't consume that, that story the same way. Does that resonate for you? And how do you coach people on how to do that?
2: Of course. Of course. So I, I we, we taught, we, you know, you asked me that question a little bit earlier. First it's, you got to know where people are in the buying cycle. Yeah. You got to know who's in that room. And you gotta try some. You gotta throw some questions out there. And all this is leading to, I'm gonna call it, but I what I've written as the epic story structure, which is really easy. Any salesperson on this call, the leaders on this call, or on this uh, on the podcast, sorry, that are listening in, I'm gonna just give you a structure, so that you can go ahead and use the things about to say and just plug it into the structure. So you gotta know some things. You can't necessarily go in there cold and nail it every time. You could, but if you know who they are. Again, not every financial person is just, uh, I think someone of you guys said this, you know, it's not just a bean counter. They have likes and desires. They might go to art shows on the weekend. You know, you got to find out what they're all about with the stories you prompt them earlier on, see what you can learn about them. So the way you pepper them in is, you know, you want to leave, basically what I do is every three slides, a little something new, right? Every three slides, it's for the different story type, or excuse me, okay. for the different learning type. Got it. Right. So I'll go total visual. Then I'll go more of a bullet list, which is very small. Again, more audio, but like a couple like single words, no paragraphs in my presentations. There is no way right. I'm putting more than six words on a slide. That's up to, that's for me to deliver the value. Right. So you put some words on there, a little bit more visual, and then you get do a little bit of a list for those people that are more, you know, uh, uh, learned by reading right when you do the combination of the two which is a video which is why this is you know so successful for companies audio and video comes together the retention rate goes up like 66% you know 10 20% retention for either or 66% remember our memory if you do a video that's impactful story Incredible. based et cetera. and then where are they in the customer journey so and then again you know you do the tactile which is it's a good case study So you go one, two, three, one, two, three. And
1: then the kinesthetic, you're probably doing the stuff again. You're, you're, lacing and stuff to connect through the emotions of the kinesthetic. uh, Absolutely.
2: And, and they need, I was going to say for the kinesthetic is they're going to learn by example or by, you know, touching it, feeling it, whatever. If you got a, if you have a product, bring it, (laughs) bring a piece of it, throw it in their hands. So they have something to play with you know something to hold on to zoom world pretty difficult to do that but it's not unusual to send something out you know you could send something out over there but they're going to be more into the case study the application of right everything should be about the benefits and the results you know it's not about necessarily how how things are done is later in the customer journey so let me walk through the customer journey yeah. the stories that fit into each and then i'll give you that story structure because be i think that's where this is going yep yeah sure So the way I lay out the customer journey is um, a lot of folks just look at it as like the funnel, right? Top of funnel, middle funnel, bottom funnel, pop, out comes a customer, right? And So I looked at that years ago and said, a customer is going to see our funnel and be pretty insulted. They're going after everybody. We got weeded out because we got, you know, we made it through the infographics and all the automated drip campaigns, all the stuff that like we build and then pop out, got a customer. Great that doesn't make them special. So I flip it on its head. So my customer journey is a mountain. You guys are the Sherpas. The salespeople are the Sherpa. You're the guide. You're the one again, movie analogy in a cop movie. You're the other cop. You're the, you're the, you know, you're the one that walks them through. You're the grizzled mentor. You know what I mean? You're the ones that's going to be your Obi-Wan Kenobi in star Wars, you know, you know, that kind of thing. So you're the one that's going to guide them through. So, the attract phase, they don't even know they need you. They don't even know they have pain. You got to poke at the pain and say, oh man, maybe I do have a problem there. Well, I can i can win if I do something. Let me follow this a little further. Boom, into the landing page. Give them more value. That's where that video comes into play. That kind of product landing page, explainer video. Oh, I get it. Yeah, I do want to learn a little more. I'll throw in my email. This is cool. That email People want 20 bucks in value in return. Like if you went out on the street and said, hey, can I have your email? Can I have your, no way, (laughs) not a a chance. $20, all right, I'll give you my email. I'll I'll delete you later, but for 20 bucks, I'll give you my email address. So people are thinking they want $20 in value. So that video and that first section of the page has to be valuable enough. People say, okay, I'll, I'll give you something here. I'll give you my email address. Then you're into the nurture and educate phases. You got to nurture them along. And this is add value every step of the way. You're not talking features. You're not talking benefits. You're learning about their pain, their problems, how you can solve them. Tell me more about that. What what happens if you don't solve that? You know, all the questions that John, you know, probably both you guys ask or train people on asking. that's what you need to find out. What happens if you don't do this? What happens if you do? And, you know, et cetera. So you learn those now. The educate phase, they're like, "Yeah, we need this. I'm going to put this in the budget, but I got to look at five different competitors. Mm. Who got me the most value? Who guided me down that path in the best way, the easiest way, in the way that I wanted to learn? Right. They're going to be top of the list. And if you give more value, the website, now the salespeople, more value, you literally can come in at hundred grand where your competitor could be 50. And you're just more valuable. They want to go with you because you learned those things. And then here's the big thing, especially in SaaS, is once you win the customer, you got to expand the account. You know, you got to expand that. It's like, great, I got new business salespeople, they win it. And then maybe it's a, you know, some companies, again, I, and I, I'm sure you guys, you know, have created your own uh, customer experience teams that can sell. But that's expand that relationship new products, new development, new relationship, more seats. You don't want to just let them go. I mean, it's seven times less expensive to grow an account Um, than to try to win new. So that's where you go. So that middle cycle, the middle, if they enter in the middle, they're probably going to want to know, let's say it's that nurture, educate, just throwing this out there, nurture and educate. They're going to want to know, who am I dealing with? Who am I going to be stuck to here for the next year or two? I want to learn about your culture. Like now's the time. I don't when you're I'm just learning about I got pain. I don't want to know that your CEO was living on a street and started this thing and then he came through the like later. I absolutely did. I right. want to know that. That's amazing. But that's in the, the early stage. The early stage, a lot about them. It's why, why this is important to me. Middle stage is what it's going to do for me. And then the end is how you're going to do it, how you're going to execute. And I think a lot of these sales people are putting have. the how up at the top and they're getting crushed.
1: Yes. The yes how is exactly. going to be as a
2: feature battle and they're going to get destroyed.
1: Yes. Right. So, so important to understand just because you came into an account and you're selling doesn't mean they haven't already started that journey. You may have to figure out where they are and you may still have to go back to the beginning for you and see if you can align, align to where they are in their, in their journey, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You got to line up as, as close as you can. You won't always know exactly, but you can get, you can talk pretty close by the que- you know, some of the questions that you ask. That's why getting somebody on there live is really important or having questionnaires and having a great website. It's not like, it's not like a website's a brochure anymore.
0: That's what so more as I'm listening to this, I'm thinking about individual contributors inside of companies there are, there's an intersection. This is probably what, and feel free to tell our listeners exactly what you do for a living to help with this, but there's a responsibility of the company mm. to make sure that the sellers have the knowledge and skills related to understanding where a customer is in their buying cycle, the different types of content of stories uh, at the different stages And then there's an individual contributor's responsibility and character of that individual to be able to apply those stories in their own way. But it's where those two worlds come together. Because if I'm listening to this, I'm like, yeah, well, my company, I don't even know what my differentiators are. And so, you know, and, and I'm not really comfortable with, you know, how we compete at this level of the game and how we demonstrate, we don't demo the product very well or whatever. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what you do and how you bring those two worlds together?
2: Absolutely. Thank you for asking that. Yeah. So it's, it's huge. It used to be, in my, my opinion was there's marketing over there going to trade shows and trying to generate leads Hey, well, we're sales. Some of those are going to be okay. I'll take some of those, yeah. but I'm sales. This, this is yeah. where the action hits.
1: <laughs> all right. Yeah.
2: Don't be throwing me ten bad ones. I don't think that's the way it works anymore. You know, yeah. ten years ago, sure you can operate a little bit more like in a silo. Ten years ago, you can, you know, you have your champion, they can run you through. Now everything is much more communal. You know, you got to be able to share information. So what do we do to solve this problem, right? So we, we blend the marketing and the sales teams together with the company story. You got to know your company story, why it matters. The executives telling that to investors, executives telling that to Wall Street, executives tells that internally to the team to motivate them, give them the great stories and get them, uh, and get them pumped up. Marketing needs that so that they can get the leads in there, generate the right leads. You don't want bad leads. You want the right leads, qualified leads, you know, that really will go somewhere. So that's the marketing story now. You go and you give them the collateral all across that customer journey. So this is what we do. So we not only help them create their story. Most people I say, give me your elevator pitch. Three minutes later, I'm still listening to their elevator pitch. That that, that (laughs) building must go to 9,000. (laughs) <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's it's going the to the heavens. God. <laughs> so like, no guy, that is 20 seconds. You had 20 seconds, you know. So we give them these elevator pitches, we work with them on it, we find out what makes them unique and special. That's for the execs, that's for the leadership, and then for marketing. incredibly important. You need that. That's your tagline, that's your elevator pitch, that's your your log line. Um You know, and just basically your ad copy to get people there in the first place. Now they come in, they're registered. Now it's the handoff to sales. If they're talking a whole different thing, now they're talking product and features, you know, because they got product training, disconnect, I'm out. Customer says, I don't get it. I'm confused now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you confuse, you will lose. Mm Got to be simple. Got to keep it simple. That's really powerful. Yeah. So... The message has to blend from marketing into sales. So now it's down to, we're making that collateral for sales. What's the best format for the different sales presentations? You're not going in at the end of the sales cycle with the same presentation you started at the beginning,
0: mm.
2: right? A lot of pain, a lot of, a lot of, there's a, you know, I call it the life-changing event, just, just like a movie, right? The movie structure is we meet the person, we empathize, they got a problem. It's a life-changing problem. You know, Rocky's not going to, he's going to be a loser the rest of his life if he doesn't He'll win. he be a lone
1: shark in the rest of his life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Works.
2: So like every character, every movie, if you name two movies right now, I'll, I'll tell you they're, you know, they're, they're impending event. You know, the critical okay. event they
1: have. To that's change. the character arc or something. That's, the character, it, you know, they they that's the, the character arc. They call it the character
2: arc. The character arc of the hero's journey. The yeah. hero's journey,
1: that's it. Yeah.
2: So the hero's journey again. Your customer. So, the customer's journey, you got to make them the hero. So, what's their problem? What's the big problem that's happening? And what's the change in the world that everybody else is doing, but you're not? Everybody else, all our other customers, these are the wins that they're making. There's going to be winners out there and losers out there. We want you in the the good category. That's why we exist to help you. Okay. Now, what's the change? And, you know, how do we get there? Boom. What's the next appointment? All right, I'm on board, right? So I just called that the epic journey. Talked about that before. So empathy, like grab them with a hook, empathize, you understand where they are, what's the problem, what's the impact of that problem and what's the change and call to action. And done. First presentation, short, tease, leave some mystery, right? Get them out there. There's a problem here, there's pain. Now, if you're way down the sales path and you're talking to the executives, Same structure, but you're telling different things. You're putting in what you learn through the the journey, how to make them a hero, how to make them better. So that's the epic journey. We started off with, uh, so you wanted the story structure, marketing to sales. So now we handed off to marketing to sales and just heard it. So that's the sales. So we create those salesperson presentations. We give them sales training Mm. as well, but we also pepper in, here's the videos that you're going to play. That You can take a break right now because this video is going to do the job for you. Here's the, just just say what's on the notes, right? These slides, nice and simple and gorgeous. They're going to do the work for you. Don't get into a feature battle. Keep it on results. What are the results people are going to get out of it? So we create all those and then the infographics So the whole, we call it a sales toolkit. So we create this whole sales toolkit so that these folks, whether they're inside sales or outside sales, they got a library to dip into. This phase customer journey, they need this. This phase, they need this. So we create that whole customer
0: journey, yeah. Awesome. Hey, can you give me some spirit? A lot of times we hear people say, well, if I got to be a storyteller, I'm not that good at telling stories or you're good at telling stories. I'm not as good as you at telling stories or what have you. We hear all the different levels. Now, when I heard your story, Maury, and um, how you became kind of who you are? Is it can you can, is it safe to say that anybody can tell a story? And if that's true, can you share with us kind of? I think Johnny was giving me some heads up. Maybe he was lying about you, but he said that you actually when you weren't really comfortable telling stories early on in your life and you kind of went through a transformation. Are you comfortable kind of sharing that journey a little bit? The point I'm trying to get across is your message, I think, is everybody can tell a story, correct?
2: Absolutely. Everybody can tell the story. You just have yeah. to have some of the basic steps in place. And I'm the kid that didn't raise his hand in school from second grade till like senior year. Yeah, and I, you know, wasn't even sure if I was going to college. Honestly, like looking way back, and you know, what am I going to do? Man, I don't want to, you know. All right, I'll give this a shot. I got to get in. So, and then I started. Wow, I love doing these presentations. Like I was the shy kid, but once I found a formula that I never, you know, back then I didn't know this was going to become a book. (laughs) You know, I don't know. I'd put it out there, and the world would say, "Oh, we can do that too." Thanks for making it easy. I had no idea. I was just jotting notes down in a notebook all the time. So yeah, absolutely. Anybody can tell a story and engage people and get them to share as well. And so that's why I put that. I think the the couple of things would be great to people can walk away with, right? You can walk away with the epic story structure. You know, I, I, yeah. I found that acronym just because it's easy. I want to see an epic yeah. movie, you know, Batman's an epic movie and, you know, that kind of thing. So the can i lay that out that's a nice easy one and people can people can just one sentence each it's e is the empathy i'm just like you i started off here you know again last you know i'll just go and i just literally just told that story it probably followed the format of me shoveling coal i have no idea i literally Mm -hmm. never let's see if it followed it so empathy yeah I was a humble beginning you know living in a house where you had to shove coal you know to dig and and that kind of thing so I had some struggles I had a real problem I didn't think I was ever going to make it out of Pittsburgh somebody making 70,000 was that's like a millionaire I mean that's like somebody makes 10 is so unachievable it just seems so huge and I didn't know what I was going to do and what I did you know changed everything I ended up going to school I ended up opening my mouth and trying some things and telling some stories. And then I kind of became the funny guy. And even back at Geotel, you know, we had that big, long presentation. I chopped that thing down to like eight slides and just told the story of the founders, how these two guys met, they got together. This one brought this expertise, this one brought this one, and they attacked these problems. And that's why we exist. I'm like, Oh my God, this, this really worked. One of the senior guys, this guy, Jim Lyons, He's like, can I use that? Can I use that presentation? Yeah. I was like, you're, you're, the senior, you're the most senior guy that sold zillions. Absolutely, I'm honored. And I was like, maybe I'm onto something here. And so, you know, that worked. And then it was, what's the next step? So there it is, epic, empathy, problem, impact, and the integrity that you bring. And then the C is the call to action. What's the change and the call to action? What's the change in their life and the call to action? just taking that away i think people are going to have something of value and you can do it in four sentences 10 sentences but everybody's got it in their back pocket
1: but you maury your change and your call to action then you pick up after tech sales and you get near you know let i think you're driving like a lexus video (laughs) you got a memory right wow and then you drive (laughs) over the you know the other coast and now you're doing like stand-up comedy, you're producing movies, you're doing video- commercials and videos. How did, you know, how did all of that come about and talk, talk to us about some of the challenges or transitions or fears that you had when you were doing some of that stuff? Because that's the change and that's the yeah. call to action.
2: That was uh that was thanks for asking about that. So, you know, it's that's 15 years ago now. I did I loaded up the uh, loaded up my Lexus minivan, is that what you called it? I thought
1: like you had like a Lexus like SUV, didn't you? SUV. I remember the SUV, making yeah. sales calls.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's absolutely right. It's like you're around to those things. Uh in that, in that uh, in the Lexus. So yeah, I loaded up the car, you know, drove out, took a couple of weeks, brought my girlfriend with me, made a bunch of stops, and it was just if I don't do this now, I'll never do it. You know, I was 35, right? If I don't go now, my next step is, you know, I, you know, I think, you know, marriage, kids, let me settle. Let me, let me, you know, in a great way, settle down. It's a good thing, but like have some stability and that kind of thing. I was like, I got to go now. Like this burning desire, since I was a kid is inside me and I have one skill, maybe my skill could work out there. And now what I thought my skill was, was, you know, being in front of people presenting, which to me meant I can be an actor. I'll go out there and be an actor. <laughs> that piece of, t- I've been in front of people for years now. As the kid that couldn't even raise my hand, I was so scared that I'll be wrong. And so, you know, I drove out, you just started, like I said, I did the lunch circuit because I didn't know anything or anybody you know somebody's like you just know, talk to him at a bar and they're like oh this person's an actor and then can i grab his number i'm gonna take him to lunch and like actors are like free lunch great
1: yeah we <laughs> we don't get free lunch well, how many people do the same thing but they've never been as successful as you have they go out there as you know there's millions of people go out there and think they're gonna break in you know yeah
2: what was the difference i think was uh Honestly, I think it was a couple of things. One is definitely tenacity. I didn't just, you know, just give up at the first sign of no. You know, I had a sales career of, you know, what I sell, you know, a a thousand different customers or something at that point. And, you know, and, you know, a thousand said no, maybe 10,000 said no at that point. I think I had some armor built up. So when things weren't working out, I'm like, this is the process. This is how it goes. You don't win every one. And I, I
1: so think, basically, you Basically, know, you were making sales calls, buying people meals, networking your way through.
2: Yeah. And yeah, then, yeah.
1: Like, keep going. Give us.
2: Okay, okay. So, um, so I'm, I'm taking them out to the lunch and then somebody says, oh, go to this website or here's my casting agent and that kind of thing. And I was like, okay, let me, let me do my homework. And again, it was harder back then because the internet wasn't quite as right. easy <laughs> as it is now. And so I'm like, okay. So she cast movies and this was, she's casting Ocean's 13. All right. That's a sequel to a sequel. All right. Good. All these big names are in there. These guys are from New York, Pacino, you know, this and that. Let me do some background. So I started throwing out things I knew about New York. So I called and I said, you know, I see that you're casting, you know, you're casting, you need some high rollers. That's what this says. I love to gamble. I just got back from Vegas. I think you need people that really know what they're doing. Wouldn't that be more helpful than your an actor just an actor acting like they gamble i love going to vegas in fact i I love dealing i'll come in there i could be one of the dealers well you can watch so they set me up so this is so funny she's you know again took like four or five calls i didn't just give up i kept calling her and she's like all right i'm gonna send you out on an audition so it was for a dealer at the the uh the blackjack table yeah and um and I remember this. Whole, it was on the set of the the Housewives of uh, what was that? The
1: uh, Housewives the, of Beverly Hills.
2: Yeah, it was. A, yeah, I think it was. <laughs> it
1: was uh, That's caps. Favorite a, show.
0: Alarming, oh, alarming yeah. that McMahon knows that off the top of his head. But keep going.
1: Is <laughs> one of your favorite shows? Uh, what's That's
0: cap's yeah. favorite show. <laughs> Actually, he likes
1: Orange County Women. Okay. <laughs>
0: so
2: anyways i'm out there and i I remember right before i walk in it was um it was uh, whatever one of the stars her she has her dog the dog jumps in the fountain comes over to me i'm like hey does the shake and now i'm covered with you know dog water all over me and this big star is like i'm like not even a not even a i'm sorry you know wow That's, that's some attitude. So I went there, I'm like, I'm still going to crush this. I did not. (laughs) I'm soaking wet. I got dog hair dripping down. I'm trying to do the dealing thing. Didn't get it, but they told the casting agent, this this did a great job, great sense of humor kind of thing. So then she sets me up to go out there and be a high roller for eight weeks on the set of oceans 13. Mm. And I, and I said, I'll do it now. Now I've got a little bit of something, but I want to create a little scarcity. Cause there's something I need out of this. Okay. That's called a screen actors guild card. You're oh, a, yeah. you get into this membership. Mm. Then you get into these TV shows. You're not just sort of like a million actors out here. You're now in this exclusive club where you can actually do real TV shows, movies. So you get a sag card, screen a actors. SAG guild card. SAG card. Yeah. I was like, I'll do eight weeks, but, um, but I, I want to get that sag. She's like, that's a deal. And right. So that's how it Very worked, and then I used that SAG card to start calling other casting agents. Hey, I'm a SAG member, and you know, just got back from New York. It never didn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that to them meant I was doing plays, but I wasn't doing plays in New York. But I got back from New York, and um, anyway, so that started off. I started comedy. I started working out routines. It's so I opened for Joe Rogan, you know, and um, that was amazing oh, to story. see him. He wasn't oh, like this. We're Sorry.
1: Joe Rogan comedy store.
2: Yeah. Well, comedy store, actually this was at the improv on Melrose. So Joe Rogan gets up there and I was I, actually, I, one time I opened for him, I was like, Oh, this is going to be great. You know, talk to him a little bit. Super cool guy. You know, there's no podcast. There's, you know, barely getting into the UFC at that point. And then the next one was I was going up and they're like, Rogan's here. He wants to jump on for like 10 minutes. Cool. He didn't jump on for ten minutes. He jumped on. He was supposed to be ten minutes. He's there for an hour,
0: yeah, going
2: on and on and on. And then I'm supposed to go after this. <laughs> like,
1: good luck. <laughs> good luck. <laughs>
2: like, that's uh, I, I. I stopped liking Rogan at that point, and uh, <laughs> 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 I got burned. You know, nobody's going to listen to this kid come up no. uh, after Joe Rogan goes for an hour. But it was cool seeing him work out all his material that became his next. Uh, like his HBO special or Netflix special or whatever it was. It wasn't great yet. And that's sort of the lesson here. One of the lessons is you're not going to be good at this at first. Try out the epic story structure. Try out the stuff. Try with, you know, friends and family. Just a little pepper it in a little bit like, oh, that worked. The best be confidence and then get yeah. so
1: many different clubs and just bomb and bomb and bomb until they know what works right then they take they patch all that stuff together and maybe they have an hour's worth of material after like a year or two that's exactly of bombing in these different clubs
2: you know it's it's, it's so uh, if you don't have Teflon if you're not wearing your armor it can be real demeaning because yeah. I you know I went through that so my, my first time the, up it was great yeah no like for the first time everybody was all pumped up like my first show was so great it was one of the best things i'd ever done you know 300 people laughing at all my jokes and stuff next time i get up there it's just the next week different audience crickets mm. nothing
0: what was and the difference this, this- the forks hitting the plates and stuff right <laughs> what right. was the difference what do you think the same material
2: it was, a, it was, yeah, it was almost the same material. I tried changing a little bit and I think mm. that hurt it a little bit because I started, I started, uh, you know, wordsmithing in the wrong way. You start extending it. It's not as funny. Keep it nice mm. and tight mm. and short. For mm. me, that's
1: funny. Wow, it goes better. Wow. And I awesome. started
2: getting a little more loose. Like I'm so confident. I crushed it last week. Just You know, it was also like, instead of like a Saturday night, you know, the first one with all these people, it was like a, you know, Wednesday and there's maybe, you know, 40 people out there with the, you know, eating their, their wings or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And there's this thing that happens at, um, when you have one minute left, the red light pops at the back of every club. So if you ever go to comedy club, you just look there. That means you got one minute left. You never go over that. No, Rogan went over by like, you know, 45 minutes. They're like, mm. he's Joe Rogan? We'll let him do that. But like, you know, the, the new guys, you never go through, you never go over that. So I went through this. And so I started getting so nervous. I started talking so fast. I'm like, where's the, where's the damn red light?
0: Yeah, red light saved me. Save me. <laughs> like, as soon as that red
2: light pops, I'm out. And so it, I was like, ah, oh, red light must be broken. So I was like, you know, thanks, you know, have a good show. Next is, you know, Bob Jones or whatever. And I walk off the stage and nobody's coming up. And I go to the host who's out like at the bar and he's like, and he's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm done. Where's the he's like, who's supposed to introduce him? What are you doing? He's like, oh, he's geez. like, that was two and a half minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! That wasn't seven. That was my seven-minute set. Wow! I did it in two and a half minutes. I got that no laughs. I just started talking so fast. So the lesson on that one was, <laughs> you know, got to remember instead of getting nervous, you know, or anxious, like was going on in my mind. Just started reminding myself because it happened again. Is I know it happened to everybody. Is Anxious and nervous is what your brain is telling you, but your body's still excited to breathe in a little faster, heart's pumping, you're excited. Mm. So if you tell yourself you're excited, mm. then you're now excited. You're not nervous mm. and anxious, like the same body thing. It's just what your psychology says. So when I went up and I did well, or I bombed, or when I present now, I'm like, I'm just excited. So I actually became the guy that was like, this guy, he might not have the best material, but he's so damn happy to be here. We're just going to ride along with him. So it all, the shows went much better after I learned that. Yeah. Like, he's having a great time.
1: I mean, you really threw yourself out there, you really yeah. threw yourself out there from a kid that couldn't raise his hands in grammar school. Yeah. It's amazing. Really. Hey Johnny, Thanks. before
0: Thank we, you. before we wrap up, I want to, um, yeah. I just want to ask uh, uh, a couple of questions. Uh, uh, I had one burning question that I had. Do you have any advice, Maury, for people that are out there, they're listening to us and they're talking about telling stories, getting, being empathetic, but yet I'm on Zoom. I uh, we, we might not have started traveling in front of people again yet, depending upon where you are in the world. Do you have any advice for people that are – uh, are thinking about making emotional connections with people, but struggling because they're looking at them on a zoom screen or Webex or what have you. Is there any, is there any advice or is there no difference? Can I still use no. the same structures and just, it doesn't matter what the medium is.
2: Mm. So that's great. Thank you. So yep. I, I actually just put a course together for LinkedIn. I'm going to be a, I'm a LinkedIn instructor, like I had this LinkedIn learning thing on this So the answer is, it is definitely different. But the structure, what you just said, absolutely the same. My feeling on it is, you know, because we've been remote for about five or six years now. I actually toyed with it in 2016. And then when the pandemic hit, I was already like, we're 90% remote anyway. This is okay. So you know, the epic story structure, the presentation structure I talked about, <clears throat> all that stuff is absolutely the same. I think you trim it down for time. You don't go into like a, you know, you can show up and throw up and sometimes get away with it because they're in their co- your conference room and they're they're eating the sandwiches or the steak lunch or whatever. You can get away with a little bit more. You don't have any of that time left mm. with Zoom because they're going to tune in. You can see they're looking at another screen already. So what I do is, Or what I suggest is you do a few things. One is, again, you come in to serve. You know, you don't come in like, I want to make sure I teach you this. I want to make sure by the end of our time today, I learn X, Y, Z. And I'd love for you to this. So you put more passion and more emotion in it so you don't look like, you know, just a, uh, you know, like a a feature list sitting there. You know, you're Mm -hmm. a person. The other thing is that time at the beginning of the call, that first couple of minutes, I think is extremely valuable just sitting there waiting for, Oh, is Bob coming? We'll wait for John you know, and, and James coming. No, 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 That's the time that you can be bonding right there. And you don't talk about stuff like how's the weather there. I mean, do, do your research. Hopefully you look these people up on LinkedIn, you know who they are, ask them something personal or bring hmm. up. Like, Oh, last time I was in Boston, I went up to, what was the, what was the name of that, that, uh, that lobster place. It's in, uh, it's in Cambridge. Do you know, John? Oh, it's so good. You know, or whatever it might be. Sure. Yeah. You know, like I'm connecting you're like, with them. Connecting. Yeah. Take that opportunity right there to connect. And the other big thing is I actually like Zoom more, you know, Zoom WebEx. I like the remote more hey, it cuts down on all the travel. I'm sitting here in Los Angeles now. It takes an hour and a half to get <laughs> anywhere.
1: Yeah, I want to have to go so, to the next, next town.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Orange County's, you know, so, so it, it cuts down. You can get a lot more done, you know, if you're focused on it. But you don't necessarily have to like, you know, do I shake this guy's hand? Do I do a fist? But You know, like all that kind of stuff is removed. And you're just people here wanting the same goal. And your goal, again, is to help them get what's going to improve their lives.
1: Transform Come, them. Yeah.
0: Love it. Love it. That's great advice. Um, let me do a little recap, Johnny. You ready? Yeah. So a couple things. We didn't mention this. Sorry about that. But we want to make sure I know that you've got a couple of books out there. Um, the first book you wrote was 90 Seconds to Impress. And I think the second book was Six Lessons for producing a winning commercial. And I think we, you're actually working on a third book that's yeah, coming this, out soon.
2: This one came out since this is rise okay, of the entrepreneur. Rise, rise of the, of the
0: entrepreneur, entrepreneur. and we'll make now. sure the yeah. we'll make sure the producers put all that in the show notes. Uh, we encourage our listeners to, to, uh, to go out and to, uh, investigate those. Uh, let me, th- the takeaways. I, I heard you talk about the five emotions. I heard you talk about the stuff I heard you talk about the three types of learners and visual and audio and kinesthetic. I heard you talk about the epic journey a lot. I'm taking that away. The epic journey is, was is epic for me. I really liked that one. It was simple to remember. Right. 8, 27 and 56 seconds was something that really stood out for me. Uh, making the customer, the hero in the story and not you make the customer, the hero one of the biggest takeaways that I had was match the collateral slash story with the buyer journey. It's your job to match the story and the collateral with the buyer journey. And if you're working for a company that's worth its salt, they're probably helping you do that with the content. So before we let you go more, we, we got this, uh, We've got this rapid-fire questions that we like to do, and if you're right. up for it, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna launch into them. You ready? Okay. You sure? What is your ideal day off of work?
2: yeah <clears throat> oh, it's bringing my daughter out to the beach. She's four and a half. She just everything is amazing and so cool and fun. So bring her out to the beach. We uh, go bike ride and uh, you know make some castles and just see this whole new world of everything. And I'm like, God, oh, it's beach. It's nice. Whole new world. It's a playground. It's amazing. So that I actually did that Sunday, and I was like, "This is a great day."
0: <laughs> well done, dude. Well yeah. done. I like that. Uh, what's your favorite meal?
2: Oh man, it's filet and lobster. That's Ooh. it's my surf and turf. <laughs> about time my time
0: we had somebody on McMahon with some. With some class in in the uh, I'm just yeah, kidding. They, most of them. Say we've pizza. had pizza, pizza. We've had I like that. pizza steak, Stop. surf and turf, my man. Okay, favorite movie. <laughs> this one ought to up. be. This one ought to be good from you. Favorite movie.
2: Favorite movie is so tough because I got them in different areas. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. So, you know. seen a couple then.
0: Give us a couple. Garden. All mm-hmm.
2: right, Pulp Fiction and The Godfather.
0: Oh, I just saw oh, really? Pulp Fiction the other yeah. weekend. Yeah. The Godfather. Yeah, it's really good awesome. movies really right. and good
2: they, they follow the structure guys they follow epic
0: yes <laughs> yes all right I'm hooked and on that I'm hooked journey. Up.
2: yes I'm
0: Michael Corleone yeah. best concert you ever attended
2: I got there's been there's been so many but I gotta go with my first which was Kiss oh <laughs> that's awesome
0: you're too young for that, dude. Fifty-two. Wait, so is was, this kiss? Were they wheeled out there, or were they? Were this? Was uh, this uh, the original this is, kiss, guy?
2: Oh no, this is platform shoes, fire-breathing Gene Simmons, full makeup, full regalia. Oh, legit. <laughs> yeah. I was like eight, you know, and somehow we convinced my dad to to take us. He thought it was like a circus, right? I still.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's but, awesome. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Okay, the last one we have, and it's really near and dear to our hearts, um, and we want to give you the opportunity to share it with us. Is your favorite charity and why?
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah. So it's actually a customer of ours, and we donate a lot of services to them. In fact, I take every uh, every client, and they they don't realize it all the time, but we donate a portion of every project to creating our services and donating money to breast, uh, breast cancer research because my mom had breast cancer and, um, and is, is, is made it through, you know, remission and so on. So she read the woman's book that I went out there and met with about five years ago. And I couldn't (laughs) believe I was meeting the person that wrote the book that helped my mom through this. So they are trying to eradicate breast cancer, not just, you know, not just uh, treat it they want you gone. So they're doing some really cool work.
0: And what's the name of it?
2: Susan Love Breast Cancer Research Foundation.
0: Susan Love Breast Cancer Research Foundation. We'll make sure that we put that in the show notes. Um, Dude, it was absolutely a blast to meet you. And thank you for taking the time, Johnny, I'm gonna let you bring us home.
1: No, Maury, I mean, I'm so excited to have had you. I think the audience learned a ton. It seemed like this hour just went by and, to me in five minutes. I feel like I have 50 <laughs> more questions for you just based upon, you know, what we talked about. But it just shows the impact that you had in just a small amount of time. So Thank I think you. people are going to love it. You did a fantastic job. And Again, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it.
2: You're welcome. I I appreciate you having me here. You guys are legends. Thank you.
0: Yeah, you're the man. And thank you to our listeners for listening to Revenue Builders. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Be sure to check us out at forcemanagement.com.